PS5 and another portable? Let's pray to the PlayStation gods. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you lucky episode 61. You know, I realized the other day that I hit the table, and up until the other day, I was un- completely unaware of the fact that I even did that. Do Since we don't have shot mounts, does that matter? Can you can you guys hear you, that? I'm fairly positive it's lightly there. Okay. But, um, Sorry about you that. You know what? Hey, just, if, if, it, if you're running this through a sub and like some killer like 15 inch you know you know subs whatever you know we're sorry if it blows whatever <laughs> it is out i doubt it does but we are a playstation podcast called <clears throat> triangle squared you can find us on youtube or podcast services we come to you every monday at 10 a.m pst and 12 p.m cst if you listen to us on podcast services consider giving us a review letting us know how we're doing get our numbers up there people can find us a little bit easier if you watch us on youtube and you like what we're doing consider yep, giving yep. us a subscribe hitting the little bell thing so that youtube may or may not tell you that we have a new episode up or whatever you know it deletes then, our thumbnails yeah that's good for too. so for triangle squared or you know quick plug saul's uh new let's play series he's doing called saul plays yeah. uh, he's currently doing dark souls 3 so if dark souls 3 is a jam go check it out come join me it's fun um, it's comfy and let's time. see oh and we've not talked about it a lot but you know i'm gonna throw it out there once every now and then we need to do a little bit of work on it. I think we're highly aware of that, but we do have a Patreon. And yes. if you like us enough to feel like you want to support us by even giving us a dollar, it's on you. I would appreciate it. But at the same time, you know, we've always said this show is just for the fun and, uh, we, we, we put up with the cost just because we do, but Hey, if you want to help, you know, get this show up and keep it going going and running and feel deep in your soul that you are part of the reason that this show continues to go from a monetary standpoint, because it also goes for everybody who helps us in the community and just talks with us. Uh, then sure. Do so. But Saul? Yes, sir. Now that we have that gone and through, Mr. Sir, I really, I, you've had apparently a very busy weekend, very a, a busy. very uh, afternoon filled work schedule. So what have you been playing this week, if anything, besides one of the obvious things? We'll go ahead and get it out of the way. We've both been playing Detroit. Right. And we're not going to say much about Detroit. Um, at all we're gonna hopefully have an impressions video we may up hate it a day or two after this episode airs on monday so we're, we're both playing detroit we're gonna get that out of the way um clear the waters uh i was playing stardew valley still on the couch uh we started a really really good netflix show uh i can't think of what it's called but it has uh michael c hall the guy who played dexter mm-hmm. it's a really really good show uh, is it netflix original it is and it's he he's He's in the UK. He has like a British accent. He does it really well, but it's a really good show. Um, but other than like Stardew Valley on the handheld, I have been playing a little bit of Dark Souls Remastered. Didn't get too far. I beat the Gargoyles yesterday, and that's really been about it. Kind of a game to play um, when me and my fiance aren't kind of playing through Detroit together. Uh, but Oh, boy, that's sick. What? That's sick. That God of War. Oh, yeah, it is really sick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so like, let's see, Dark Souls, uh, Detroit, obviously, like we said, and Stardew. I think that's really it. I need to pick up Bloodstained. Uh, I haven't picked that up yet, but I do know it's only like an hour long game or an hour and a half long game. So I may just pick that up on a whim on like Tuesday or something. I'm off day and knock it out real quick and probably replay it with the different characters when I get a chance. But really, I really, really think that's it. I really don't think I was playing much at the beginning of the week. Uh, aside from Dark Souls 3 for the Let's Play. So, okay, what cool. about you? I have played, not not a plethora, 
not even a cornucopia or anything. But I've been playing a little bit of games. I played uh, early this week. I was finishing up. I think I talked about in the last episode that we did uh, Omen Sight by Spearhead Games. Really good game. Uh, I enjoyed it heavily. Not one for scores. So I'm not going to worry about that. But if you like a you know a, a pretty growing uh, combat. Um, system that you know it, again, I'm not going to say it's the most deep thing but if you realize that the price is $20 for the game and what it is and what it aims to do there's a little bit of missed potential but it's really fun from a combat standpoint and it tries to do a lot of things that it mostly succeeds on with the characters and I think the mechanism behind the multi-day thing that I talked about so if that sounds like it's something that you would be interested in and you like kind of puzzle platformers with a little bit of a you know, murder mystery back into it uh, go check it out it's got a really cool world and it's part of the stories uh Oh, what's the name of it? Stories, something, The Destiny. I can't remember. Tales of Destiny, something like that. It's part of another series? Is yeah, that what you're it's saying? in the same world as Stories, Path of Destinies. That's what it's called. Uh, it's in the oh. same universe as that. So if you played that and you would like to see more of that world, there you go. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I finally got my platinum. I want to make a quick note that oh, there's a there's a trophy for this game. There's two that are kind of like, okay, this is a little bit weird they would have you do this, but the one wasn't so bad. The two trophies are uh, Masterful Denial, which is a silver trophy, where there are these shark things in the game that will pick up other enemies or barrels that are around them and throw them at you, and you have to block or whatever you have to go around the barrel by picking up a barrel yourself barrel yourself and throwing it at that barrel hitting it in the air to stop the barrel from hitting you okay um, okay not that crazy but a little like okay this is kind gonna be situational almost but not bad yeah and it's a silver so it's like okay you know at least it's trying to scale itself appropriately but then you have this awful just like worst trophy in the history of man not really but god it made me so mad uh, it's and it's called the opportunist Right. And in the game, there are columns in a lot of places, and you eventually get the ability or through whether or not you want to throw. Uh, when you get the ability to kind of phantom grasp, where you can like pull things towards you, be it enemies or barrels or whatever, uh, that you can throw with, or there's a you can like kind of sprint through these things, get in the fall, or you can use your uh, character uh, AI companions' uh, abilities to knock over pillars, and these pillars can land on enemies. Well, there's a trophy. The opportunist trophy has it to where if you you have to take it four enemies, and they will never die if you just line four perfectly all the way up health enemies in a row and then drop a, a column me. on them. A, it's it's a little not it's not extremely hard, but it's a little complicated and annoying to get the enemies right where they need to be. Just a lot of and up. Then you get this ability where you can kind of like freeze time in a little bubble and then go outside of it. So that's one thing, right? And that has its own like okay, that's a little bit of a challenge, but it's not awful. And then. The added thing is that you've got to hit them a little bit, so you got to get their health down to a little, a, a little less than half, so that when it falls on them, it kills them. And now, in the midst of doing all this, you have to make sure that your enemy, I mean, that your uh, AI companion, doesn't kill the enemies or pull their aggro or any of that while oh, you're trying to do it. So that's what you're talking about. I, and it I remember is incredibly you saying incredibly frustrating. That does. I, I can't stand it when uh, AI like that messes up something you're trying. And to do. and it, and it's a very situational thing where you ha there's not a lot of areas that have four enemies and a column that's set up, and the columns don't fall. Like they all have their own way. Like there will be a cut missing out of it that'll kind of give you an indicator of how it's going to fall. So you have to, it's, a, it's a little bit of guesswork, but that also doesn't change from the fact that I got it once, but the pro trophy didn't pop. And not only thing, and like the, the developer was like, you should have gotten it that time. We're not really sure, but we're going to look into it. Um, and I put it on Twitter uh, in case you saw it. But the only thing I can imagine is that the column fail, 
and there was an explosive barrel right there. And even though it fell and killed them, I think that because the, the chain of barrel. events was the, ba- the the column hit the barrel, the barrel exploded and killed the enemies. I think the game kind of took it that way. Interesting. Um, so I did it again and threw the barrel out, but that was really annoying. When I finally got that, though, and I was waiting for Detroit, I was like, what do I want to play? I'm really kind of like in my mind of, what do I really want to play? And I think I played something else before, but for such a little bit of time that I was like, I don't even remember playing it. But I bought Deadpool for like $6 on PS4 during Black Friday from Walmart because yeah. I just saw it and I never played it. And I was like, you know what? I like High Moon Studios. Uh, Deadpool's a funny enough character. Let me see how this game is. Uh, so I played a good bit of it. I'd probably say I'm a third of the way through. Um, incredibly fun like in terms of just the combat itself uh it does have that slightly coming off like oh it's a little bit of a budgeted uh, licensed game but not bad a really good games deadpool see i find sick. it odd uh that they've not come back with the success of the deadpool movies and made another game now what they did do kind of glad is renew the license when deadpool did so big on ps4 um Whenever Deadpool 2 was like, or when Deadpool was doing so well, they renewed the license because it's one of those li- uh, license games where it's got a bunch of music and stuff in it that they have to continue oh, licensing. Oh, yeah. It expires and Yeah, such. so just like Tony Hawk, uh, Pro Skater yeah. 5 is gone and all these, like they not they chose not to renew them because they didn't sell well enough and they, it's not worth keeping them so up. So that game's literally dead now. If, yeah, because uh, it, did it not come out physical? No, I'm sure it did, but well, if it did, then the you can still get it. But yeah, no, you can't get it digitally at all, uh, and that's true of Deadpool as well. But Deadpool's funny. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's because it's a game. It's a little more like grotesque, or I'm, I don't think it's grotesque, but it's like you know, definitely a more perverted Deadpool. It is uh, Nolan North. It's really funny. It, it breaks the fourth wall a I don't know, ton of times. There's like four separate voices for Deadpool in that game, right? And it's all Nolan North. Yes, but okay. they all have like very different ranges of what they're trying to like because he's crazy, right? So um, it's all different personalities. But yeah, no, it's really good. Um, are good enough? You know, for, definitely for the price I got. I'm enjoying it heavily. And the one thing that I love is it's got uh, trophy progress. Throughout the entire game, anything that you do that's tied to a trophy, it comes up on the screen and says, like, uh, you have to collect 100 tacos, right? Or 150 tacos, one so, of the two. So it keeps track of that and it's visually. Like, yeah, every five it comes up. It'll be like, oh, you've got 85 tacos now. You've got 90 tacos now. I, I tacos. like that a lot. Love it. Uh, it makes dealing with a trophy list so much easier. I don't necessarily know that I'm going for the platinum, but the fact that it tells me everything uh, as I'm doing it kind of makes, makes me, it more convenient. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I am playing on the hardest difficulty. It's got a pretty interesting upgrade system, so that's good. And then obviously, Detroit is what I've started playing. I did play a little bit more of Game Dev Story, but I've kind of whooped that game and figured it out to where I'm really good at. Like, I did really well. Got multiple Game of the Year awards whenever I was going through that, uh, and then I, I made a console. Because uh, you can develop, forgot, yeah, you can develop a console. In the once game. you get far enough, you can do that. Yeah, so I developed a console and made it a three. I made it a sixty-four bit, which makes no sense, but sixty-four bit, three uh, D graphics with a Blu Ray drive. Man, so PS5, I basically made the PS three, but out. you know. Um, and so it's it's still fun. I I wish that the game because I mean it's an old game from ninety seven coming back around. So I wish that they would make a new one. And it would be on Vita or some form of handheld and be a little bit more in-depth. I would love it. It's almost From making 97? Me, that's when the original game released, yes. They, on what? On PC. They came back wow. and ported it to phones and, made, I know I had it and added a couple of added consoles and stuff that had come out since, like yeah. the PlayStation 2 and the PSP and the DS. I had it for uh, iPhone, yeah. and it was real fun, but it was, uh, I forgot what happened. It might have been what you were saying, where it became kind of tedious in a way that you it's, can it's figure not, the system it's out. It's not tedious, but it took me it's one full like playthrough. No you can play through 20 years, and, and you can keep playing after the 20 years to unlock new things that will carry over to your next playthrough, but that's like your thing. So I went through one of those, then I really figured it out on my second one. 
one. And about 12 years in, I was killing it. Right. I got all the good people you need. I was leveling them up. I was figuring out how to make every game be uh, all nines or t- yeah. all nines or ten. So every game I was making was going to the Hall of Fame, which let me and make all a your employees were or were great and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it was it, it was that game was really fun, you know, for what it is. It's incredibly fun, and for the fact that I paid two dollars and fifty cents for it, I more than got my time out of it. I just <laughs> wish that there would have been like. Even if it wouldn't have had a platinum, I, I just swear. some trophies attached to it, just to give me that much more drive to be like, well, okay, I'll do this. It would have been cool. But I swear it was 10 bucks when it came out on iPhone. Maybe it was, but it's $2.50 on Android. So right now, if you have that, if you like uh, simulating games like that, then hey, there you go. Go for it. But Saul, that is all I had. So go ahead and <clears throat> drop into the hop. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hop into the drop, everybody. For those that don't know, it's this week's weekly releases. Um, and they will all be digital unless specified otherwise. I had somebody uh, ask that in as, as a question. Um, so we have Agony for PS4, available digitally and physically. We have Along Together for PSVR. Bird Cakes for PS4. Black Hat Cooperative for PSVR. Interesting uh, co-op game for VR. We have Die for Valhalla for PS4. Earth Atlantis for PS4. Gikendo Kentaru's Revenge for PS4. Harvest Moon Light of Hope Special Edition for PS4, available digitally and physically. Ship it on Vita. That man, that game looks terrible as it is. It's not oh, I'm sure. I mean, the Harvest Moon franchise is a whole fall. That's why people are loving Stardew Valley so much. Yeah, last good one was A Wonderful Life. Illusion, A Tale of the Mind. It was on PS2. Oh, I think I played it on GameCube, though. I, I, I did too, but yeah, it was on PS2 as well. Uh, Illusion, A Tale of the Mind for PS4. The Journey Down, Chapter 1 for PS4. Cabounce for PS4. I know Sean's excited for that one. Knights of Pen and Paper Plus One Deluxe Era Edition for PS4. Metal Slug 20 for PS4 or X. Double X. I think that's... that's that, it literally says Double X in the thing. Uh, okay. I don't know. I know I've there's never, been a lot of those games. I've never played many. a metal, uh, metal, metal Slug game. Not a, not a huge fan of beat-em-ups. Even though I like beat 'em ups, the YouTuber, pretty cool dude. Uh, Mila Noir for PS4, Mila Noir, Noir, Moonlighter for PS4, game that looks pretty cool. It does. No Heroes Here for PS4 also P- looks pretty played cool. Played that at PSX. It's incredibly fun. It's it's a great game to play with multiple people. Uh, Interesting. So in case y'all didn't see it, we were trying to get Blaze to do uh, coverage on it, but that ended up not working out with his moving situation. Uh, we got a press kit and everything on it. It is beautiful has a really cool like uh you know pixel art style to it but the way that like the way the game's set up is that there are classes that you can play as that do different things and um you play or no i don't think that they they do different things actually i think they're just character selections but they uh, may go towards there but anyway the way it works it's like a castle defense game that's 2d on the side and you go through and you have to reinforce the doors and like uh keep the enemies from getting to the doors and if they get the doors you have to like shoot them and so when you're dealing with it though like you have to make cannonballs and shoot the cannonballs out but to make the cannonballs you've got to take ore and take it to the smelter and take it to the smelter uh take the so there's bar. a crafting component to a tower fall game yes or it's a tower very, defense game yeah it's very interesting I, I like it a lot interesting so, speaking of tower fall i never played that but it looked good i've heard immaculate things from that game it so. looks tower the fall art Ascension. style is so freaking cool yeah so but, uh, it always seems super fun but we have oh sir the Hollywood Roast, which has a very interesting uh, cover art. We have Old Man's Journey for PS4. That's actually a really good game. I watched my fiance play that on Switch, and she had a, a great time with it. It's, it's Journey, but for old people. <laughs> yeah. We have Owlboy for PS4, finally available in stores. See, you got me wondering whether I want to pick it up or not. I mean, if you want something that's kind of it's that looks fantastic, sounds fantastic, but is an empty hollow shell, then fine. 
We have the Perfect Sniper for PSVR. Personality and Psychology Premium for PS4. Sega Genesis Classics for PS4. Shift Quantum for PS4. We have Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection available for PS4, available physically and digitally. To the top for PSVR. Wrath for PSVR. Yoku's Island Express for PS4. And that was the last game on the list. Brett, would you like to hop us into the news? Hop us into the news. Such a weird adjective to use. You sure you don't want to drop into that hop? Drop into that hop. All right. I got the news for you. You asked for it. You want my news? You can't handle my news. Square Enix have confirmed, unsurprisingly, that Kingdom Hearts 3 will be playable at E3 this year, meaning a release date at E3 seems even more likely than it already did. Now the question just remains whether it is 2018 still or if it's creeping into that 2019 that Saul was so There was a leak. Did you see the leak? Did you see the picture? No. What was it? It was August. Boy... Did there you was, see that? There was one leak that was November. No, the, I just want you to know yeah, that. Yeah, no, I saw that. The and then August there was a leak that was August. It looked official. Well, so did the other one in terms of like everything that it was. It I looked like off, uh, an offside picture. If it's but June, those are easy to fake. Here's the thing, though. If it's August 24th, I just I want to put this out so everybody knows. If it's August 24th, I owe Josh Ayers a copy uh, yeah, of he, the game. Yeah. I will buy it for it him. I will August, send it 24th, to it. August 24th is his date that he has said time and again for like four months straight. So, I mean, he's ahead of everybody. He has reasons. I don't know. He has reasons He because there's a gap in the uh, the, the tour they're doing for the orchestra for Kingdom Hearts oh, right yeah. in that window, and he thinks that that's, that's what it is. So, that's I don't think he's necessarily wrong, but I, there, you know, I just want to see. If he's right, props to you, buddy, because I... He may, he may work for Square. Who knows? <laughs> Josh, do you work for Square? If you do, and he's just trying to get a free copy of the game. If he worked for Square, he probably boy didn't. Up. Uh, next up, Gran Turismo Sport will be getting nine new cars in its May update, launching the week this episode goes live. So this is technically next week for us. But um, the cars have been teased with slightly lighted silhouettes being shown of the cars to be added with people playing a little guesswork. I'm not Excuse necessarily me. a car aficionado, but I noticed a few cars that I think I'm on the nose for. But to save myself from the humiliation of being wrong, I'm just going to say nothing. <laughs> I wonder if Ryan has has been able to like pinpoint what cars oh, I'm they sure, are. I'm sure he has. All right, next up, Fortnite. Oh, God. Continues to grow, and so does its monthly revenue after hitting $223 million in March, like we talked about. April saw that number rise to $296 million. Uh, if the growth continues, I'm like extremely curious to see if it will actually break $300 million. Oh, I'm sure it will. Uh, and something I forgot to say is I had played H1Z1 this week. I forgot about that. Completely. Oh, yeah. One of my second game. I did not. Got number one in my second game played. It was fun. Yeah, you're good at them shooters, Saul. So you just are. Yeah, you guys let me know. On the, let, let's know on Twitter or whatever. We can get some groups together when I have free time. Yeah. Um, so once a month. <laughs> Josh, Bobo, May. Well, Ryan, Bobo, May, I whatever. think Ryan was wanting to do too. And then, yeah. Oh, I didn't know if Ryan was playing. We didn't hit him up. Well, I don't There's know a lot of people to hit he, up. Yeah, he asked, but, but I'm not too sure. I got you. Uh, sports game fans can rejoice knowing that their yearly Madden fix uh, is set to come right on schedule, releasing on August 10th. Uh, interestingly enough, EA's page calls for the game to become a PC. But there's a chance that was a typo. That's that is very weird. Yeah, that's very weird. But PC's been kind of having its little renaissance thing. So we'll see what happens. If it comes to PC, I wonder what modders are going to do with it. That's like my first like real like thing. Oh, what are modders going to do to it? Uh, originally launched uh, last summer for a late 2018 release, Telltale's The Wolf Among Us Season 2 is now delayed into 2019. 
a, a little unsurprisingly, uh, the company describes the delay as uh, the result of a fundamental change within the company since the original announcement. Uh, probably, you know, the huge massive layoffs they went through and restructuring they did. So, again, not surprising that it's delayed. A little sucks because, like, I'm really looking forward to it. But at the same time, it will probably be better off next year because this year is still really heavy release-wise. Oh, yeah. Um, that we'll continue to talk about coming up through this. Um Quick shout out. I forgot to put it on the news, but if you're that kind of person that likes it, if you like uh, turn-based strategy games like Final Fantasy Tactics and the like, uh, Rainbow Skies is coming. Uh, it's a sequel to Rainbow Moon. Which I think it was like a 2013, 2014 game for Vita and PS3 uh, and maybe even made its way to PS4 and that will be coming to PS3, PS4, and Vita. So look, Vita's still getting some uh, A-plus support. Some People really like the Rainbow Moon. So good on them. Uh, next up, though, Rainbow. Speaking of Rainbow, that's probably what brought us to my mind. Rainbow Six Siege is finally receiving PS4 Pro support as part of the upcoming Operation Parabellum update. The game will render at 1440p with the chance of Dynamic Scaler to scale up or down depending on the game's performance, meaning it may go higher than 1440p uh, in some instances, but that's also not for sure yet because Ubisoft said they're working on it, which is a little interesting because it's coming June 5th. So that's a. It's real close. Real close. Um, like two weeks. But this is in an effort to maintain the. 60 frames per second gameplay. They didn't want to go higher to uh, have a chance of ruining that. The update will also bring with it balance changes, a MOBA-inspired pick-and-ban system to attempt to make the selection process more tactical. I was curious what you thought about that. That's super weird. And whether it's optional. I feel like it would have probably, to be... Probably for ranked play, probably not. See, that's what I think. For casual on, play. On casual like, play, I could see it. Yeah. In League of Legends, there's no banning in casual play. When I last played, it's been like two years. Sure. Um, but... Yeah, it's super interesting. That's actually, that may be smart. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm sure I'll play with Jonathan or Sean or somebody. Yeah, and there's uh, some other slight quality of life changes they're doing in the UI. So uh, if uh, you liked Siege and are taking a break, or if you still play it and are just excited for whatever comes, there you go. Uh, We've also finally got a a look at the new Battlefield game titled Battlefield 5, but stylized with that cool Roman numeral V. Meant for vaginas. (laughs) Because the game's all about women. Okay, so uh, hold on. I will say that there has been I've seen more people talk about the people talking about the game than I've seen people talking about the game. Actually, I have too. I don't. Anecdot- I'm not, I, I yet, and I, I am on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube constantly, and maybe it's just because I haven't gone to the Battlefield okay. subreddit, but I've yet to see. Somebody I will say this: I've not been on YouTube and seeing it there, but I have seen some. But I have also seen way more people trying to like come out ahead of it and be like, "It's not a big deal." I'll tell you right now, I don't give a damn. It's not a big deal. I mean, uh, if a game's trying to be historic, it's somewhat of a big deal. But when you have somebody with like a like a hand, like a hook hand, and such, and it looks like it's just going to be fun, and it's just set in that world, like it doesn't have to be. Super well, and strict. I will say this, okay? So they're not necessarily going for extreme realism, right? Now, Battlefield, like, right? Battlefield is extreme realism. If From I was a mechanical a standpoint, like channel game, yeah, no, no, there, yeah, I would be somewhat. Battlefield has always done this thing where they ride the line between trying to be historically accurate with the mechanics and uh, realistic with the mechanics, with like bullet drop, you know, mechanics and stuff. Right. Uh, so that's something they've always done. They pioneered that, uh, and they've always tried to make sure that they're graphically on par with what you would expect from the time period they're set in. I don't necessarily think that they've never said, oh, this is supposed to be real World War II. Because if you want to say that, I mean, realistically well, speaking, these are all made up stories during this time period. Even the story for Call of Duty World War II is a fictional story based in a real. So the, the real event is just Ryan the was setting. Real, right? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that was based off a true story. Um, Even then, they take a lot of creative liberties. Oh, so I'm sure they being, do. When you're making a game, 
there's a lot of liberties that have to be taken. You can't do a game because if you made a game, and I will, this is where I'll leave it because I do think it's ridiculous to keep talking about it. But for the people who are worried about it, it's supposed to being so accurate to the time period. Well, first of all, you can't. Okay, you can't respond in real life. You're gonna have a problem with that. So that's not well, realistic. You can't get shot. You know. 15 times in real life and keep running from it the entire time. My point being is that it's a video game. You have to suspend some disbelief to be able to enjoy it at all. If you don't, you're not going to have fun with games. Now, if you don't want to play the game because there's women in it, I don't care. But I also don't see the point in making it a big deal. I just think it's a, oh, that doesn't necessarily interest me. Leave it alone. Well, I'm definitely going to play it for sure. Like, See, I, 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 I never Battlefield play 1. Battlefield, right? Play- I think they're extremely pretty. And I, the, the thing I'm excited the most about Battlefield 5 is just seeing Dying. what it looks like. Uh, no, because I, Battlefield 1 was gorgeous. I, I mean, even though I didn't play it. You should play Battlefield 5. Like, I guarantee you that if we have people playing, it'll be fun. I don't need no World War II in my life. Uh, just come on now. But anyways, give me, I, give me when it's, Infinite Warfare. Whatever. When infinite it's, Warfare. Whatever. What's, is that what it's called? Why don't I just play Black Ops 4? Anyways, because uh, I want Infinite Warfare 2. Anyways, that's what I want, uh, Saul. I'm weird. Unless, unless they're like definitely trying. If I can tell they're trying to pander something in a game, it doesn't bother me. Like that, or they're like, not really. Like she has a hook hand, and that's kind of cool. Like I don't really care that it's a girl in World War 2. But like, there has been times in which games have tried to pander or push or do all that stuff. I don't. That's when it bothers me. It's like whatever. They're having fun with it. Like the trailer was super cool. Like how it transitioned so easily in the gameplay. Did you see yeah, that? It I was did. really, it was nice. Looks beautiful. So I mean, I don't know. It's just, it is funny that there's all this stuff. But in case you were worrying about all this news and didn't see it for yourself, the, like we said the series moves back into World War II, which is going back to when the game first, uh, you know, the series first started. It will feature a traditional single player component in sharp contrast to what Battle, I mean, for uh, what Black Ops Four is doing. Uh, continuing on with the war stories idea that they introduced in Battlefield 1. The game is bringing back co-op for the first time since it was introduced and left behind in Battlefield 3, calling it combined arms and letting up to four players join together online. They specifically say online, so I doubt it's on you know split screen, uh, for special missions. Uh, of course, multiplayer is where everybody wants to know and it's where the legs of the game really are. Uh, but multiplayer will see the addition of the fortification system, which lets players build machine guns and foxholes, but also reinforce destroyed buildings and more, which sounds cool because this sounds like some of the coolest aspects i liked about the way that they did the class system in Killzone 3 online to where uh if you were an engineer you could go through and you could, you could repair ammo boxes and if there, if you didn't have an engineer on your side it was actually detrimental to you because you'd have less options for getting um ammo boxes they could set up turrets and stuff like that so this sounds yeah, like they some of repair the stuff too never a pair torch yeah so i love that in kill zone three so i mean moving that forward into something like battlefield i think that's cool that's always been in battlefield not this fortifications thing no 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 not for just I you're repair about, okay yeah gotcha no no i'm talking about but everything that that yeah, no, everything yeah all that the fortifications are, of it is cool i thought you were talking yeah. about the class there at the end for a second I'm like, no, no 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 i'm just saying like the idea behind being able to add uh, fortifications into this which some people are trying to say is too close to fortnite i don't agree at all this is trying to be this is trying to add something more into real like because like it says like uh what was it you could reinforce destroyed buildings so as long as a wall doesn't pop up as I'm shooting at somebody I'll be fine yeah what was also cool is they I'll talked about it if that's the they case. talked about going more in depth with the uh, the destructibility factor and making that more realistic which is cool so like heavier gauge guns like you know heavier bullets and bigger you know uh, caliber bullets and guns uh, can shoot through walls and go through multiple walls if necessary, depending on the you know caliber of the, of the gun. But pistols and like handguns will not go through walls. Right. So I think Which, that's cool. 
Uh, and they also are talking about the level of destructibility going all the way back to Bad Company 2 where you could completely level a building. That's awesome. No, I did miss that in Bad Company 2. There is even... Bad Company 2 you know, was really cool. we should play Battlefield 4. Battlefield 4 is still very active, according to a lot of people. It is. Uh, uh, and I, I think Ryan's talked about it a little bit, so we may do that. Uh, but that, that's cool. Uh, moving on from the traditional multiplayer stuff, though, they did uh, introduce Tides of War, which is a new months-long event uh, where special assignments will be given to players. Um, and these are going to be weekly, monthly, daily challenges uh, that you do and you work towards... Um, they work into the operations they're doing, which are called Grand Operations, which is something coming back from uh, Battlefield 1 where they were just operations, but these are Grand Operations. Don't know how, exactly how that's going to change, but there will be extra goodies to talk about like skins and stuff being in that. Um, and we'll get to the, the other side about skins here in a minute. But uh, this is all part of Battlefield Live, which is to uh, supersede the Battlefield Premium of previous titles, uh, which is interesting because what that means is that all of the content moving forward will be free to all players, which is like super, super stark contrast we'll say, we'll to what DICE did with Battlefront 2. So this just goes to show that they are like scared. There will be no loot boxes in this game at all. There wasn't is what loot boxes Battlefield 2, was there? Battlefront think you said battlefield if i said sir. battlefield i'm sorry but battlefront yeah too. no that's what i'm kind of curious about is like or curious about is that is this system gonna stay permanent as they say it is because if it's not that's gonna kill the game the second they introduce these loot boxes back just like with battlefront it's gonna even though it's only now cosmetics the, the only thing that i'll add is the fact that i, I think most people would have been fine with from the get-go being very clear that there's no pay to win aspects and there's just skins right that's most perfect. people would have been okay with that yeah now, I do think it's really ballsy of them to come out and say no monetization at all. Because, I mean, because that's what basically, I mean, what, what, I mean yeah. your monetization is loot boxes. Back so if there's no monetization, I'm curious to how they plan to make money off of this over time. Back in my day, the game company made game, or money by selling the game and not the things that go with it. Like, uh, yeah. for Fortnite to have made almost $300 million and be free, and be free? is insanity. It really is. And I think it That's speaks more nuts. to the fact that people don't even pay attention. I feel like a lot of that, I mean, there are definitely adults putting money into that. Oh, no, there's I, no but I have. I do feel like there's a lot of kids that are really abusing their parents on this. But, and even then, they may be Probably playing, so. it may be a balance, because they may be playing less games, but spending the game, the money they would have spent on other games Which, yeah, that, that actually Fortnite. makes sense. You know, instead of spending $60 on a game that you may or may not like or play for a long time, if Put you're $60 a in a Fortnite, Fortnite that you Fortnite, love. Yeah, 60 bucks in V-Bucks is a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't even played the game yet, hey, even though it's just sitting on my PlayStation. One of these days, I'll play it, probably. Um, oh, you know what I forgot real quick? We're talking about Fortnite and all the Battle Royale stuff. Uh, our boy Josh Shoop got Winner Winner Chicken Dinner on PUBG Mobile. So our, our, I didn't I've say, seen a lot of people win that. I don't know what is over that game. <laughs> oh, probably that it's extreme. Is it cross-platform as well, like Fortnite no, is, or is I it just mobile? Not. No, I hope I hope it's just mobile. That'd I don't be know. Really, I would. But my point being is I, I I thought this would be a cool idea, and I don't necessarily know if it's something we'll be able to do. I don't know if enough of our fan base, uh, our listener base, whatever you want to call uh, play the games. But if if we have anybody send in a screenshot before we record the episode, i got to get better about saying winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's going to be sponsored by people who sent it in. And That'd if multiple cool. people do it, we'll just randomly select uh, one. So Josh Shoup is who brought you our winner, winner, chicken dinner that I forgot. Unfortunately. This year. Uh, this, this episode. episode. Unfortunately. PUBG seems to be dying out pretty pretty bad. Really? Yeah. Like uh, there was 
four million people, I think, that played H1Z1 in the past couple of days. Yeah, it was so, like four and a half million. Yeah, that's absolute bonkers in terms of numbers. In case you were curious of Battlefield 5's release date, though, it's October 19th. Uh, Far Cry 5 is the next thing up and its first DLC Hours of Darkness will take place in Vietnam during the Vietnam War and features a Hope County civilian going there to rescue his imprisoned squad mates kind of cool changes to weaponry have been done to make them fit in with the style obviously the locales changed during the dark jungles of Vietnam which makes sense man I love jungles Uh, in Far Cry games ain't that the truth Um, bring more of them back you know it's one of those things but it launches June 5th free for anybody who had the season pass and not bad, eleven ninety nine. If you just want to get it by itself, it depends on how long it is. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's like three or four um, hours, then. But saw, so, hey, if you love jungles Maybe. and Far Cry games, guess what, boy? Far oh, Cry Three no. Classic Edition also launches the week that this oh, episode yeah. goes live for players who have the season pass. Did you get the gold edition? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but if you got the gold edition, you get to go ahead and play Far Cry Three Classic Edition. I don't um, think so. That I will be coming out, I think, Friday, league. and then four weeks later is a standalone release on June twenty sixth. Why so far out? Why not Tuesday when the store refreshes? Probably. Who knows? I don't know, man. Just I go, said, why not? Go check it out. I, say, I, I just don't know, Saul. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and talk about Game Informer? And Days Gone, we've heard too much about already. Right. But in a recent talk with Game Informer, and this isn't technically about Days Gone, but Days Gone developer Ben, ben Studio talked about them prototyping a few Vita games before Days Gone, uh, before they moved on to PS4 with Days Gone. One of those games was an infamous title that sadly, sadly never real, uh, materialized, but... I will say this. It's extremely interesting to think of how many games they made made a prototype, right? Because the obvious one would be like they probably prototyped another Uncharted game, uh, which may have been what, you know, Fight for Fortune, which ended up being a card game. Fight for Fortune may have started life as Uncharted 2 for Vita, you know, whatever you want to call it, the sequel to Golden Abyss, but then got restructured into a card game when Sony kind of started backing off of the Vita a little bit. But I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's weird to think what else they might have. Because like, one of the things they did in, a re- in another interview when they did the quick questions was, when was the last time that the word siphon filter came up with Sony in a serious manner? And he said, like, 2004. Wow. So That's sad. Even then, like, 2006 and 2008, I want to say, are the respective for Logan ago. Shadow and Dark Mirror. Logan um, Shadow was so good. But my point being is that it's, it's interesting that they're like – I for anybody who's wanting another siphon filter, I think that you're just sadly off on this one. I don't know if it's going to happen. If it happens, it's probably not going to happen from Ben Studio, but we'll see. Hopefully, so maybe not. Um, so these are just the last few things are kind of interesting things that I'm sure somebody will find um, intriguing. But DualShock Four has become the best-selling gamepad of all time, according to Sony. I really wouldn't be surprised because gaming is doing really well, online multiplayer is doing well. I'm pretty sure that there's games that are all doing, like Dark Souls doing real well. People are just breaking controllers these days to go buy another one. And I'll tell you right now, I do not want an off-brand DualShock 4. I just want a DualShock 4. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean I, I'm not going to lump scuff in... The one looks kind of decent, but at I'm the same not, time... I'm not going to lump in the, the pro controller ideas. Those are a little different, and because they're more expensive, it makes... Like, those are good controllers, I'm sure. But more people are going to obviously default to the DualShock 4 over it right. in comparison to what it's other third-party options there are. For a DualShock 4. So, yeah. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. So, I mean, it, it's not that surprising. You would have imagined it was a DualShock 2 just because the PS2 sold so much. But Mad Cats was really big back then, and people would buy massive amounts we of had, off-brand controllers. Yeah, we had like three Mad Cats controllers. 
for a few of the people that I know are going to enjoy this, most likely speaking World End and Liam and maybe a couple others, uh, Atlas has confirmed that they have started work on the next wave of the Persona franchise, which includes Persona 6. And also better include Persona 5 Golden for the Switch. Have you seen either Rumor, and I, don't, I, I should have looked it up, I, it passed my mind, but people talking about Persona 4 Golden possibly coming to PS4. That would be amazing, honestly. Persona, I mean, they're both great games. I think Nintendo has more Persona games at this point, don't they? Like, more access to them? I mean, for like, Persona or for Shin Well, Obama no, Tensei? yeah, I was going to say, yeah, SMT definitely has more games on yeah, Nintendo for, at this for point. Yeah, for DS stuff, and that's also uh, because they've always traditionally well, been able to get the games out of the door a little quicker. That's true. Yeah, okay. I'm just thinking of SMT as an overall brand or franchise. Which, I mean, because Persona's technically started as a branch off of SMT, right? Uh, I can't remember if it's that or if it's the opposite. Huh. Shin Megami Tensei. I know Persona's been around for a long time, so... I think I think it's an off-brain of Shin, uh, SMT. Okay. Well, Shin Megami Tensei. Next thing up, if in some crazy world, and I don't think it's a bad idea, but if you wanted a VR Battle Royale-style game, the cross-platform free-to-play game Rec Room is receiving an update for Rec Royale, nope. allowing 16 players to fight against each other in the setting of a national park. Nobody the update us. launches Thursday, June 7th. It is free. Hey, you know what? Nope. Go ahead. Why don't you try and report back next week? Sure. Or, well, June 9th or whatever. Whenever it happens, yeah. June 9th. It'd probably be like June 13th. We'll see. We, that we'll, we'll record. And the last thing I got on here, I talked about it a little bit last year because I think it's interesting. I did play it at PSX, and it's fun. It was still in some early-ish stages, the build that we were playing. So I saw potential, but I also saw some things that were bad, like getting hung up in certain areas. But, again, you're, you were playing on an old build already by PSX. But Souls-like shooter Immortal Unchained, if you haven't heard of it and it sounds even remotely interesting, you go check it out, uh, which pits players against challenging enemies of the third-person shooter-style gameplay is set to release September 7th for forty nine ninety nine. Is there I, is there, like, bonfires in this game? You know, from the demo I played, there wasn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was something similar to bonfires or the crystal system that uh, games like... What crystal system? Yeah, Lords of the Fallen. You remember that you'd go to the oh yeah, and so you can, bonfires. Yeah, exactly. And you could choose to bank your experience. I actually love that from Lords of the Fallen. You could choose to bank your experience or hold on to it. Man, if you could and just, if you held on to it, you had a bigger multiplier. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad at everybody thing. Everything everybody calling everything souls like. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my god. But I mean. Here's the thing. And what like what like what is the title of this game? What Immortal the Unchained? edgiest edgiest like title if, I could think if of. If you go through what the story is, it at least a little bit makes sense. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I don't think it's a bad looking game at all. It plays It looks like a PS2 game. No, dude. It looks like a it looks like a double A game, which is it's priced thankfully closer to. You know what also was a double A game? The Surge. The game was terrible. So was Lords of the Fallen. The game was not terrible compared to The Surge. Lords of the Fallen is just a good game. Like, it's not great. I mean, yeah, there it's was problems at launch, game. and I think they fixed that with a re-release. That was on PC. I didn't have it. I played Lords of the Fallen at launch. No, no there was there was problems at launch on, on Lords of the Fallen. There's frame rate problems and such. I never had any, so I'm lucky. I still had I, well, I downloaded it for free like a year ago when it came out on PS Plus. Yep. Still problems. Uh, still frame rate. Have you played it again since you got a pro? No, but I didn't. It didn't come out when there was a pro on PS Plus, was there? Mm-hmm. Pro's been out for... Yeah, no, it came out. Eh, probably not actually. I think it was right around the time that the pro came out. But um, we'll go ahead and move into this week's reader mail. For all those that do not know, if you follow us over there at Triangle SQRD every Wednesday 
and Friday. Now we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to give sure us a little these, bit more time, and we're yeah. going to post a little more often so it doesn't get buried. But but we'll put out a reader mail tweet in which you can ask us any question you want, and we will respond on the show. We pick three a week, and then the rest get banked for the real quick too. You can also send them through email, and I know Josh, not Shoop, but I know Josh Drago. You think we haven't read yours yet? Oh no, it's, it's a good one. You just wait. We, ha- we have it chosen on purpose. I want to go into this deeply with you. And I, just, I know it's giving a little time, but it's going to be on the upcoming reader mail episode. So just wait. We're going to get us. We got to record an impressions and reader mail episode on Tuesday. Hey, I have no time in this world that is mine. Well, no, first first Friday that we got to we got two weeks, man. You're good. What do you mean we have two weeks? The first Friday is next Friday. It is April the, oh, the first. first. You're right. All right, well, Saul, we're going to get to it, I've man. been slacking. I haven't been, I haven't been banking these questions. i got to go back. Okay. Okay, anyway, my point being, you can also send them to our email at podcast at gmail.com. Spell that exactly like it sounds. Or you my can lads. message us on Discord if you want to do that. Uh, or you can message us on Twitter if you want to do that. Or you can just respond to the tweet. The tweet is probably the easiest way for us to keep up with them. It but we is. do check for everything. So if you want to – definitely if it's something longer that will not fit in the tweet, messages we do have one exception there's one there's one of our boys one of our one of our friends who does it in messages on on twitter and just because every time it's because it's so they're 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 such integral questions that we save we tend to save those for reader mail and he knows we're gonna answer one this uh, week because i like it a lot uh but josh Shoop unfortunately wants to know uh i love this saul is a huge icp fan so what is his favorite record any record that does not involve icp like, now saul. any record that does not involve any ICP. Saul, don't be so modest. Nope. If you no, I'm not gonna be mean about it. I was gonna say if you're a fan of ICP, just don't follow us around anymore. <laughs> but like, if you, hey, look, no. if you like ICP, you do you. I don't care for them. I think they're a little ridiculous. I really thought it was hilarious when the big Christian thing that they talked about came out, which was like the most crazy mind bending thing I've ever heard. It, it was actually really interesting to read up on. Um, it was. I am not a huge fan of ICP. You know, though. Josh. If um, that's really what it was, then they're kind of geniuses. I'll give them that. I don't necessarily know that it worked. But geniuses nonetheless. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, if, Sean, you, if you know about it. Sean Sanderud wants to know, if you guys could buy any one more game this year, which one would it be and why? You worded that terribly. But if you guys could buy only one more game this year, which one would it be and why? I think I know what you might pick. So what's interesting is I had a feeling that he would get mine no problem. And I was like, just throw out an answer. And I'll, I'll confirm or deny on the podcast. His answer was Kingdom Hearts 3. And good sir... Bet it's really hard to do drum rolls on a microphone. I bet it but is. But my point being, it's like you probably just purred it in is, the <laughs> It is Kingdom Hearts three, uh, and that kind of you know it's interesting. I'm glad that this. I'm glad you asked this question after God of War, because it's really hard. Like they're both really long running series that I've loved for so long that they're like a big nostalgia pull to them. But Kingdom Hearts has always been like really near to my heart. So Kingdom Hearts three is just like this, this thing that's been like in the ethereal for a long time. And while I've played every one of the, the side games, uh, and I'm fine, and I don't think that Kingdom Hearts three has been this whole twelve years in the making argument or whatever the hell it is. It's it's stupid. It's not a good argument. Uh, but my point being, I just want Kingdom Hearts three now. My heart stopped when they announced it at that E three twenty thirteen. Literally, I couldn't breathe. Almost, I I felt like that my stomach fall out. And I, I don't think I've ever been quite as excited for a game since then. And it's very odd because I was really, really stoked for God of War when they showed it. Like, it was close. It's probably the closest I've gotten. So my point being, I'm glad you asked this at the right time because I can say Kingdom Hearts 3 without feeling too bad. 
there are plenty of games coming out this year I still want. I want to play Spyro Trilogy. I want to play Spider-Man. I mean, I want to play Kingdom Hearts, obviously. But uh, it's just, there's a lot of stuff coming. And it's hard because, like, Onrush, I'm a little cooled on. It's, it's a little different than what I was exactly hoping for, but it's still good. So, eh, hard to say, but that's a good question. So, Kingdom Hearts 3, what I'm curious about, he didn't throw out an answer for you, but I wonder if he thinks it's Kingdom Hearts 3 for you as well, Saul. So, what it's, is it? It's not. Um, so, De- I, Death Stranding Surprise 2018 release? Well, that's a, I'm going to answer this question in terms of things I know that have come out and things I know that will come out. So... With that answered, or with that set aside, the game has already come out and I already own it, and it is Dark Souls. Um, Dark Souls you can play a hundred times and be like perfectly good with. I'm playing Dark Souls 3 for like the sixth time all the way through, and I'm just now doing a completely different um, playthrough. I probably have 200, 300 hours into Dark Souls 3. Uh, Dark Souls 1 is such a good nostalgia trip to go back. And just kind of go through the world again, and I'm just doing my my standard Claymore Warrior build. Gonna learn how to parry this time around because I never learned how to parry in the Dark Souls games, um, except three, three, and it's actually a lot easier in one than it is in three. But I feel like that if Doesn't I didn't be- one have like the infinite backstab, the chain backstabbing, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I've done it on uh, Havel, an NPC that you know, the big old guy with the dragon tooth. Did they not fix it in this release? Did they, they keep they it? Didn't, they didn't really fix anything. They just made it uh, 60 frames per second, 1080p, and then... And then added... They added, like, some stability Two more fixes. players for online, right? Something like that, yeah. It's a matchmaking. Something you about matchmaking. You can do six people now. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the password matchmaking, similar to Dark Souls 3. I will say, though, that, like, you know, going through my warrior build, my claymore, my burner shield, it's so fun. I'm super excited to play it for a little bit when I get home before we start on Detroit again. But... Just the fact that I could play it so many times. You know, you go through new game one, two, and then, you know, start a new character, do a sorcerer build instead, or, you know, anything else. And it's just, it's just, it's so fun to me to replay these games. And that's why I'm having a really fun time for Saw Plays with Dark Souls 3. Um, but yeah, Dark Souls 1. And I, I'll tell you right now. Well, the, you've already bought it, though. It just says, if you could only buy, or if you guys could buy only one oh, one more context. Uh, then that I old, thought you were going. That, I thought you were going to the hypothetical Bloodborne two with this. No, I, no, I'm going to stuff I know is coming out. So then I'll probably will say Red Dead. Okay, just because of how open world Red Dead is, I, I imagine it'll take a long time to get worn out on, and it's in September, so I only have four months to go until I'm done with the year. And you know for sure it's coming. Three out. months. Okay, I'm with you. But um, yeah, so I will say though, getting to that uh, the the uh, gargoyles fight in Dark Souls one, and to get up on the ladder where you can summon Solaire. And then that entire platform is covered in summon signs. And they're bright neon in this game, or in, in Dark Souls 1 than compared to the other ones. And it looked beautiful. It was just like a ray of light of all the people that are playing. And I love it. But we'll move on to our final question. Why don't you take care of that? You have it pulled up. I, I will. I will. Uh, okay, Mr. LGB, long-time listener. Thank you, sir. We saw your new review. It was sparkling and glowing and beautiful. And thank, thank you so much. Say, thank you. Uh, or your review update. I didn't even know you could do that. You could just go in and change the review. I didn't know you could do that either. So that's cool. Or, you know, it's, he basically went back to his original review and was like, update, still great. Okay, I probably just edited it. Okay. Yeah, so sense. thanks, man. Uh, he asked, hey, guys, 
Hope your week's all good. It was. Not really, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. So I want to consider that good. Wasn't good at all, except uh, for Dark Souls. Any weird food combination. In Detroit. Mine are fried eggs and ketchup, which I'm down for, first of all. Good I, I, I eat scrambled eggs. I eat omelets. I eat sunny side up eggs, all with ketchup. Ketchup and Tabasco. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't always do ketchup, but I will do it. Almost I enjoy it. always. So to, to counter on that one, I do eggs, scrambled, fried, whatever, and I don't do it all the time. I do it as a special treat with grape jelly on it. Yeah, that's, that's, it's delicious. That's, I think that's I a love southern it. thing because... I, I know that's common around here, and I've talked to other people that are not from here that, that think that's weird. Okay. And well, you got to throw a little bit of salt on the eggs, too, just to get that good no, sweet yeah, No, you got to salt and pepper yeah. them a little bit, you know. That's yeah. how it is. It's good. Uh, he also lists Diabetes. off French fries and Wendy's Frosties. I don't think that's weird to anybody. No, First I think that's all, a standard. French fries and Wendy's Frosties are like the, a match made in heaven. I won't tell you this diet I've been doing. Like my, my, I'm, I'm I'm proud of myself for sticking with it, and I've been like I've been losing a crap ton of weight. But I miss Frosties. I'll say yeah. Oh, I miss I miss Wendy's. You know what you miss even more than Frosties? Baconator, Frosty cones. Oh, I do miss Frosty. I do, man. The Frosty cones are so good. I thought I'd sting, Frosty waffle cones. I thought is what I'd it was. sting you a little bit. No, I remember it was. We um, got them before. Then he mentions a cheese sandwich and salt and vinegar chips on the side. Now, first of all, salt and vinegar chips are delicious. They are. Cheese sandwich. I don't think I've ever had a cheese sandwich in my see, entire life, unless we're talking about grilled cheese. No. I could see someone it, calling a grilled cheese a cheese sandwich. See, I grew up, and like when I grew up, I did have like a standard like piece of white bread with some very light mayonnaise, like two or three pieces of cheese and another piece of bread. And then, cold. Like It was just that sandwich. That's so bready. That's what my, my, that's what my grandma used to do. No, it was pretty... Like It was... Two or three pieces of cheese on it's pretty pretty. Okay, good. okay, yeah, just one piece of cheese is what you make me think. Of. I'm like that'd be no, so weird. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, that that actually that sounds like a good lunch to me. Honestly, that, that is amazing. Just now, throw some turkey or ham on that sandwich. I'm not gonna say all of these are weird. Um, I put lots of me on every burger. Uh, I'm about mine, but yeah, none of those are weird. Oh, really, oh, to me oh. Um, every time I eat a burger, regardless of what burger it is, there is no exception to the rule unless it's like part of my diet thing now, where I'm doing a burger without a bun on it. Um. And because I'm not doing French fries, unless I'm cheating, like a cheat day, like today. Uh, every Saturday's cheat day. I get to record and then go eat good food. Um, but I put burgers. I put my fries on my burger, stack them up, and then I do a bunch of ketchup on it and kind of like smear it over. So it like, glues it together and I eat it like that. It's delicious. It hits the palate just right. Um, going back to grilled cheese, though, I dip my grilled cheese in ketchup. I do too. Everybody acts like I'm insane for that. Thank but you, it's Bruce delicious. Almighty. Yeah, Bruce Almighty taught See, me that. See, I didn't even know about Bruce Almighty. I've been doing that since I was a wee lad. No, yeah, Bruce Almighty taught me that for sure. Yeah, whenever I, I, I've never cared for Sonic's food that much, um, like Sonic fast they're, food. They're pretty good. But I get there, I used to, like, whenever when my grandpa would go there when we were kids and try and get me something, I would just get a grilled cheese and dip it in ketchup. And I was like, that's good enough for me. They have good grilled cheese, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's my thing. Uh, Frosty and fries, I mean, that's, just straight delicious. All that sounds delicious to me, honestly. I'm trying Not to think of other odd sandwich. food things. Have I brought up on this show before the, and I don't eat them anymore because I, I don't live in poor city, but I ate them for a long time whenever I was poor. Uh, the microwavable burritos with cheese and ketchup on them. I think I mentioned okay, that in a recent on. episode. You talking about that brand that makes like the taquitos and everything too? I guess. I'm um, not poor. I have some of those in my freezer right now. Okay, but dude, I ate so much of them because I was poor that they are delicious. I'll, I will still eat it if I need to. First of all, I don't have to. I'm I don't not adverse need to, to eat any of this, <laughs> except for a substance. They're delicious. But yeah, people think I'm weird for that. Delicious. So a microwavable bean and cheese burrito or beef and bean, depending on which one you get. Put a slice of American cheese on it, or even better if you got cheddar, and then you put and you microwave the cheese on, get a little melted, put some ketchup on it. Delicious. Oh yeah, you're weird. I don't think that's really weird at all. Uh, I talked about my ketchup on the cookie. Not something I do often. At really, I've only done it once, but it was good enough that I would say try it again. Uh, I've already offered the chance to try it, and I'll do it again if uh, if somebody wants. Yeah, that'll be like a live stream thing. Just bring back the cookie with the ketchup on it. Who knows? Hey, we could do it on E3. Um, yeah. 
that I'm, can be I'm part dead of serious. I'll, I'll eat one there too. We'll do like a, a game set where we all do things that we don't necessarily want to do or that you think are nasty, and then we'll as it goes through. Maybe I don't so. know. We, we, E3 plans have been running a little wild, so I don't know. Good question, but I'm trying to think of anything else that's just weird I do, and I don't think that I mix my sauces. I mean, okay, massive amounts of ketchup. That may sound no, weird to people, yeah, no, but I eat massive amounts of ketchup. Problems, a lot of ketchup eats. Yes, so when I eat chicken of any sort, grilled, fried, whatever it is, I mean, dude, I get like I. How go, many ketchup packets? Like these standard. I don't even dude, I don't even go to places no, with saying, ketchup packets. I'm just saying, like, if you though, like to give everybody an idea, those are pretty much universally known. Okay, let's, how many of those? Most do you people think it know takes? what a Chick Fil A is. I would imagine, right? So well, if we're going to go, maybe not people in UK. Okay, but Chick Fil A, they have these ketchup packets that are basically the equivalent of. Three, the they're the equivalent of three smaller ketchup packets, and they're in like a plastic thing with a rip top where you can either open it and dip or, or you squirt. can squirt it. Yeah. Okay, I put one of those at least on my Chick-fil-A sandwich when I eat my Chick-fil-A sandwich. One full packet. So that's three packets. Three, so that's three, three packets. Three little foil packets. That's just for my Chick-fil-A sandwich. And then for my fries, I have to have three more that I squirt so on my fry the whole time while I'm doing that. So and that's modest. You eat now, when I go to Slim 12. Chickens, when I get everything in a bu- in a basket, I use like pretty much half the ketchup bottle. So how long okay, so How long does a bottle of ketchup last you? A standard bottle. Not the little mini ones, not the big family size ones, but a standard bottle of ketchup. A uh, week and a half. No, that's well, that's crazy. That last me between me and Kyrie. Kyrie Four loves weeks. ketchup too. My daughter got that from me. So enough about food, though. Good question. Uh, but time to move. Can I oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I completely stole that from you. So I'm sorry. Steamroll. I like to mix my sauces, which I know some people's weird about. Like if I go to Chick Fil A, I get barbecue, buffalo ranch, Chick Fil A, and Polynesian. And I don't always get those all at once either. We have those kind of stashed in our cabinet from previous visits. But I like to mix up my ranch and barbecue together. Uh, I like to re- I like to uh, really mix them all up together, like not to make one nasty sauce, but like you know, dip in a little bit of Polynesian and dip it in a little bit of ranch. It's delicious. It's all going to the same place, anyways. Uh, I think my weirdest thing though, and I've been called out on this by Andy. I didn't think it was all that weird, but putting hot sauce on my mac and cheese. Now, okay, if we're going that route, I don't do it. But if I'm eating a plate that's got ketchup oh, on no, it, no, no, this is nasty. See, now I will say this. I don't like hot sauce, so hot sauce and mac and cheese sounds gross to me, but that's just not because I don't think it's weird. I just doesn't sound like something I would like or sriracha because I imagine that's part of what you put. I'll say sriracha is what I put if I don't have a packet of Taco Bell mild sauce. Okay. Now, see, now Taco Bell mild sauce, different story. I could see that being good. No, it's real good. Sriracha, not so much. Now, sriracha's real good. But yeah, that, that one could be considered weird. Every now and then, when I'm just eating a plate that's got mac and cheese on it, like say we go to Golden Corral, right? And I've got fries or fish or something. Oh, man, that sounds so good tonight. Oh, God. We could go. <laughs> but anyway, my point being, every now and then when my ketchup sits on the plate and it gets to my mac and cheese and I just go take a bite, that's like the end of it's my mac and cheese like, where it's on there. there. It's good. I don't mind it. But I think that's really the only like thing. I uh, Something weird I do with food that not a lot of people have really thought of, I don't guess, because I always get weird looks when I say this, is that whenever I take my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I make one, I like put it in the microwave for like 10 seconds. Okay, it's so a it's a little warm. warm. No, it's not a little warm. It's a lot warm. That's interesting. Yeah, I've never done that. 10 seconds is just enough to make it... You like, like peanut butter a lot, so... I do like peanut butter a lot. Good protein. Good, good protein. Let's go ahead and hop into the main topic. Real quick, shout out to my boy, Corey. He's my wee bro. Uh, we are Japanese... People who like very Japanese things, so we're weeaboos, but we're bros, uh, so said, we're wee bros. He's also my weeaboo. Like, you know my boo? So... I thought you meant, like, Nintendo wee bro. Oh, God. You no, we bro. No, we a bro. You could say weeb. Weeb, weeb bro. 
Uh, that puts know. another B into it. See, I'm going off the way I spell it. But, Saul, we're going to move into this uh, main topic, which is basically there was a lot that came out this week from Mr. John Codera. He actually has a slightly different name, but for some reason he goes by John. Like it's like, He's like, oh, my name is too hard for all these American people to say, so we're just going to say uh, John. His name's in here somewhere. Let me see if I can find it over here. Here it is, I think. Interesting. I can, guess... Can, can, uh, Kinichiro Yoshida? No, that's a different person. Okay, so that's the CEO. And this is John Codera. He's the PlayStation chief. Okay. There we are. So we have different things. But there's been a lot of talk from PlayStation this week uh, about different things, all the way from uh, a harder lean into making sure they continue to do um, first-party stuff so heavily and like basically more investment into first parties, uh, which is interesting. And I thought that that quote was very odd because they're talking about that. But then at E3, we're not seeing more games announced unless they're, you know, uh, they're, unless they're trying to be a snake in the grass. Uh, but, my, you know, they've so far said that it's going to be these four games and that, yeah, they're, I still expect maybe a surprise or two. But instead of them coming out with a couple of new games, considering they've shown the same games for the past few years with a few newer ones in there um but with that being said it sounds weird to think that they're doubling down on exclusives knowing that unless psx is just a massive swing with a bunch of new games announced we're not seeing evidence of that yet right all right and now where we can come back to that in a minute but where that also goes into is a further talk about uh the next three years being riding the playstation 4 out and improving PSN numbers, subscriptions. So here's the thing. I don't agree with it. The I, here, Here's one thing. I think that the three years includes the layover period, like the, uh, what, what, what would you want to call it? Well, no, the transition I, period that most consoles have to where... I would consider that less than a year, though. No. Or like, I, would I would say, say about I would a, say year. a year. Yeah, yes, not, I'm saying. not so less than a year, a Let's year. just say two years, right? So let's, that means that the PS5, if we go off of this two years thing... Would it be a two years. Would be somewhere in 2020, right? That'd be, and it could be early 2020. Yeah, with a with a reveal in 2019. That's if we're going off this transition, though, which I don't. I hope because here's the thing: is like this, people are going to disagree. Like I get it, I get it that consoles cost a lot, and like not everybody has a lot of money to get a console every like eight years. But man, technology is moving at such an advanced rate. We can't have eight uh, years. I'm not going to say that. This, I mean, that's part of it. But I think the other thing is that. We are not in the same position that led to the eight-year PS3. No, no, by any means. So, and, and I mean that in a and personal I don't want, and economical. Way. And I don't want the PS4 to be around for eight years because I liked, I really liked the original five to six-year iteration period. It felt good. It felt perfect. It felt like you got a these, lot of games out of and it. Well, these mid-console, these mid-gen consoles are screwing things up, me too, because people just. I bought a PS4 Pro. If See, they announced a PS5 next year, I wouldn't be mad. But I know a lot of people would because they, they had that $400 and they bought that instead. And now this new console is coming out that's more powerful, roughly the same amount of money, if not maybe like 50 bucks more. And I understand it. I, I do. But, but see, that, you, my that's only the thing, risk of buying mid-gen My only thing is refreshes. early adoption. If you're not, if you're just now buying a PS4 Pro, let me just be real. If you're just now buying a PS4 Pro, not a secondary one to have somewhere else in your house, if you're just now upgrading to a PS4 Pro. I would say in the past year like I did. Yeah, if you're just now doing that. For the last eight months. Yeah, so if you're just now doing that, you're probably not going to be somebody who's an early adopter of the PS5. Exactly. More likely than fine. speaking, if you're not, if you weren't on the PS4 Pro when it first came out, then you're likely not going to be on the PS5 when it first came out. Now, a couple of people didn't go to the Pro because they felt it unnecessary, but a lot of people didn't hop on PS4 as soon as it came out. My point being is that 
people who are waiting this long to get the pro anyway should understand that. I mean, like to an extent, uh, if you're somebody who's more on the cutting edge, then you probably understand the cycle and like, okay, well you can really expect six years out of a console. We're getting close to that. Right. And anything more is just bonus. Right. And, whether that's a good or a bad thing, you know, for the PS3, I felt it was a little necessary and the PS3 was pretty monstrously powerful at the time, which that did start to show its age as we continue to disadvance so much technologically speaking. But I mean, my thing is as a whole, where I was going with the point of the exclusives is how do you intend to get three more years out of this PlayStation with the saying that you're going more towards, you know, leaning more into your exclusive catalog, but you don't have any new games to show me this year at E3. How are you going to ride these next three years out? Yeah. That seems so weird to me, right? It does. Um, now, I'm not saying it's impossible. No, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong just weird. to think either. So now PSX could turn the tide on that a lot. And if they come out and they show a couple of exclusives within this within the end of this calendar year, uh, I would then say sure, that you still, you know? you know, if they announce that the PS5 is coming out next year, or I would say February 2020. So you still have so much life left in your PS4 that. There wouldn't be a reason to buy a PS4 or PS5 if you wanted to be an early adopter, if you still think you have life left. Like, what I'm trying to say is is that there's so many games that, like, a lot of people have backlogs and, and games upon games upon games. Sure. There's, like, unless you're just completely bored with the PS5 or 4, I mean, then that's the thing. Then you're going to be ready for the PS5. But then if you are saying, I don't have enough time to play all these games... Well, good. Like, you don't have to be an early adopter. Like, there's nobody making you buy it when it comes out. You still have games to play. People are... I don't know what what the deal is lately with people and, like, amassing hundreds of games of backlogs. I know I'm one to talk, but then complaining about it. These are these are, these are are hundreds of hours of content you potentially have. Like, you have enough. Like, we all do. Mm-hmm. And sure. It's, and, I, and like I said, it's, it comes from a financial side, too, of I just bought a PS4 Pro. Now, here they're releasing this next year. That kind of comes with like that. That's that kind of comes with the idea of buying a mid-gen console. That it's mid-gen, if not later. And that's why I don't like that term mid-gen. It's just because it implies that it came out a year and a half ago. We still have four more years left. No, like it, we probably have a year and a half left when when that came out. Or, well, well two you, and a half if you years. really think about it, when the PS4 Pro came out, we were about three and a half years. Or when they announced it, we were like three and a half years into the PlayStation. Right, which I'll is say, ample so, amount of time. And when you're dealing with that. You're talking about four years in. So, I mean, it is as close to a mid-gen refresh as you're going to get. Now, the, the Scorpio is different. Right. The Scorpio is really far. And I'm, I didn't put it in the news because I don't necessarily know. And it is, you know, it's it's rumors and reports that are possible. But there was something that was talking about the next-gen Xbox planning to release next year. That imagine, would be, imagine the people who bought the Xbox One X now. Because not only was Xbox One X 500, and, and at least from my opinion, still doesn't quite have... It doesn't have the exclusive catalog to show it off the way that PlayStation is doing with the Pro. Right. All right. So, yes, even Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to run uh, at 60 frames per second better, you know, like more consistently and very solidly at a higher frame rate. I mean, at a higher resolution, I think, even uh, on the Xbox, Xbox One, One X. X. So, yeah, the third party benefits you're, you're going to see, but, you know, people are not often talking about that as much as they are talking about. And realistically, it's just true. The exclusives really sell that mid gen 
Free so version. much better, yeah. right? It just does. I mean, oh, yeah, no, you yeah, see it, you've it seen does. it with Horizon. You've seen well, it with God I mean, of War. You've think, seen it think with Think of it from our perspective in which Xbox One X comes out and it's more powerful. And then it's like, well, there is those like five series over there I've been wanting to play. I mean, yeah, this but, gives me an excuse to buy sure. it. And, that's and you exactly, have like Forza. And Forza has right. really leveraged the X, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. For, but, Horizon 3 is fantastic. So my thing is, uh, you've seen less games really leverage it. So people are probably still itching at the bit to see what their, their One X can do. The other thing is, is that with the One X being that step... Is whether or not Sony, I mean, whether or not Xbox is going to do the same thing that they talked about, where there will be no Nessus, like, it's going to be moving forward. So even if they do a next gen Xbox, every game they release for it is still going to come out on One X and original Xbox. This idea of a scalable platform, right? Right. So when you're dealing with that, or not, it's not a scalable platform, it's a tiered platform that the games are scaled to, uh, which is weird. Because now yeah. you're increasing the amount of SKUs you have to develop for. But if you're making that, if you're making it easy enough to do that, then it's not bad. No. Um, but you know, inevitably, you would want somebody to leave it behind to really leverage the thing. Because what you're going to get into is somebody who's making a game that's perfectly optimized for the PS5, and they're not being able to leverage it as much for whatever this next gen Xbox is. We don't know anything about it in 2022, and they may, because it's but, old or whatever. And, yeah. and it's, there may be ways around that that we don't understand. I mean, like we're we're not the most technologically. Uh, you know, minded We're people. We're from Arkansas. <laughs> but my point being, Arkansas. every bit of this is odd. I mean, when you look at this, it's hard to imagine the, the PS5. It's hard to imagine it not coming by 2020 at the latest, yeah. in my mind. It, and that's only because of what we've seen. It's hard to imagine right now what exclusives, and we know that Sony are great at carrying exclusives later into the gen, but what exclusives would carry the PlayStation past 2019 and i mentioned that the other day exactly there's maybe one death stranding and that really depends on when death stranding's date is yeah they have plenty of games coming up right we've got uh i mean in terms of spider-man we've got spider-man still coming ghost of shishima still in the mix there the last of us is still in the mix there days gone is still in the mix there dreams is in the mix there we have plenty of stuff and there are games but those games i see lasting throughout the rest of this year Oh, in the in the remainder of 2019, yeah, with the potential of death of death stranding being a 2020 title, right? Potential. See, my my thing is is that and it, it's harkening back to like people saying that they have all these games to play. I, I don't know, like, I'm not against saying that, but like at the same time, it shouldn't. You shouldn't be trying to hold a console back or a company back from a new generation because you have games to play. That's the best thing, if anything, that you actually have games to play. Unlike us, there's like four games that are coming out that are here between now and the new console I can see worth owning a PS4 for. And then once we're done with those, this console's over for me. Like there's nothing else that I can see besides these well, new, four games. Right, but new. Right. So because like still third party games play. that are obviously going to be multi-gen, right, like cross-platform. I'm talking about, yeah. Exclusive. Or cross-generational, sorry. Sony um, has pretty much released everything they can and that's why i was really upset with the e3 this year is we're hearing more about spider-man i don't want to hear more about spider-man i'm sick of hearing more about spider-man i Spider-Man game informer right now i've seen so much like they're doing like one hour segments like four of them of, of days gone. gone stop it we know that that game could come out tomorrow i'm not a big fan of the one hour cut the first hour of the game uh, month-long coverage thing either yes you get cool tidbits right but it's a hearing lot. about it yeah it's, so, but i will it's say oversaturation i get where you're going with this so again saturated with this year's e3 the only game that was a real misstep is really heavily spider-man the other ones i get we've not seen much of the last of us 2 right so showing us last of us 2 gameplay for the first time awesome we've not seen ghost of shishima outside of a trailer right great move death stranding has a chance depending on what they show mysterious has a chance of being a bad idea 
but they also have the chance of stealing the show so hard if they come out with gameplay that's killer. Because it's PT. And they really... <laughs> are you really... You want to shave your head, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> but my point being, you know, with all that going forward, you know, Spider-Man being in the in this year's E3 is even more telling that there's only three games that they're that they're talking about hard. Days Gone is a is a fourth one, but not going to be E3 in the same sense. No, of games that are going next year. We still don't quite know where Dreams is, but we know it's got to be coming soon and likely this year. Uh, so again, four games to uh, yeah, four games to release in 2019. I could see that doing across the whole year. Right, and think about it. Like we've got so those four what, games. But what is 2020? This exactly. is based off of what we know right now. Now We've seen so much of the same stuff at this point. Unless Sony's really starting to do that thing where they pull close to their chest and they start announcing and releasing games within six to eight months of when they announce it. I don't see that happening. But I don't see that happening no. either because it's different. When They're having to build your hype on the console as well. They oh, want yeah. to sell you on the console. They're going to need games for that console. So now, of course, here's the arguments against it because there's got to be arguments against like, Well, this is why PS5 may be 2021. The obvious argument is that the longer they can continue to sell PS4s and the longer people are wanting PS4s, the more money they're making on existing hardware like, that they don't have to do R&D on. They're not, and they're right. doing R&D anyway. I want to clear that up. They're, that's a company that's constantly doing R&D. Right. So they're not really saving money. People, I heard that argument earlier today. Well, if, they're, if they can continue doing PS4 without, with saving on the R&D for PS5, it's like no. they've been R&Ding PS5 probably since PS4 probably, launched. Yeah, I was going to say probably at least three years now. Yeah, so my point being though, Yes, there is something to be said of that. They stand to make more money as the as the components for PS4 get cheaper. They can drop the price even more. Uh, there's a lot of ways for them to continue to really bank for PS4, right? They'll bank from the fact that there's a big user base. Every game that releases continues to buy third-party games. They make money off of that back end for the game being on their platform. They they make money, right? Hardware is a big part of it. But as we're seeing, they've already said that they expect hardware to start slowing down. Now, how quickly is that slowdown going to be? It's, it's going to be who knows. Minor. Who knows? I think it won't be bad. No, I think yeah. it'll still be. I think it, we're just going to see a decline for the first time. That's what they're expecting, and I I believe it too, because we're you know when you're getting right up to eighty million units sold, which is what the PS3 sold and the Xbox three the Xbox three sixty sold over its lifetime. Right, you're creeping up on. It's got to slow down somewhere. Now, gaming's bigger than ever now. I do still think with the current trajectory. In the next two years, I st- I do think we'll see PlayStation Four cr- cross one hundred million. How much further past that? I'm not sure. Uh, but so they're going to make money off of that. They're going to continue to make money on hardware. They're going to make money off of this software back end. They're going to make money off of their the exclusives that they come out with, like God of War that did five million in the first month. They're going to do that. They're going to do well. Um, and of course, the they like continue. Yes, exactly. And and all the games they're showing have the potential to be big hitters. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima has got a lot of buzz. And yep. even and Infamous Second Son did really well for them. Uh, the Last of Us is obviously going to do well for them. And Death Stranding is obviously going to do well, regardless of how it's received, because it's Kojima. It is. And this is and his are, first non... And there are a lot of loyal Kojima fans like Exactly. So it's going to do well. They are smart. The next, follow him. The three of their next games, the three games that they're talking about at this E3, are going to carry heavily for them, right? Oh, yeah. But... After those three, where do we go? So what is the that? other argument is that you know the the longer they stick with that, the more they can push it. They just nope. you're just the more, more the more you're going to frustrate your gamers. And I then their tendency I, to move. I platforms. think I think it's a I think it's a mixture because Xbox has not been compelling enough to give me reasons to move yet. But this E3 could change it. Who knows? Right, right. And this is talking about me. Obviously, everybody's this is all different. personal. Yeah, this is, this personal. is all personal. So, with that being said, though, and I do think that there's something to be said that I think as a for the majority of gamers, there's a reason that the majority are on PS4. I want that. I want that to be said. And I currently do not agree that Xbox have shown enough potential or promise with what they have out in the like in limbo 
that would drive people away from PlayStation, even with an elongated uh, lifespan, right? Now, with this E3, that could change. And that's one thing that Sony may be trying to gear up against and see how Microsoft comes out swinging so they can adjust to see how PSX needs to be. But my whole thing is that it's interesting to see for from a real thing, I mean... As the as they start to sunset, as they say, PS4, which is what's going on now, it's right. starting to go down. Right, the the PS4 has risen. Now it's on the it's it's sunsetting. Okay, now how long does that take? And and it could be a PS2 where even when the PS3 is coming, it continues to sell massively. Right, especially in certain countries too. Yeah, so I mean, and that's one of the biggest things that helped the PS2 hit that 150 million uh, that it hit. So FIFA came out with like what 2014 on PS2 or something 2013, crazy. 13, I think, or yeah. 2012 was the last one for PS2. Absolutely Insanity. nuts. So my point is that yes, there's obviously reasons that the PS4 can continue to be profitable for them for years to come, just like the PS2 was. There was no shortage of that being a problem. Uh, so there's no reason not to keep the core gamers, which are going to help you get your foot into the next generation, get them going, get them happy as soon as possible. At least in my mind. And I don't want to say as soon as possible in a real heavy manner, but I mean as soon as possible in a way of like, yes, technologically speaking, we're ready for an advancement and the core gamers have had long enough with the PS4 and the Xbox One that the next gen can hit safely, in my opinion. So now I just need Sony to show me what they're talking about with this first party investment unless this first party investment they're talking about is investing in first party that we're going to be seeing starting next year that it's actually in development for PS5 and that's the only way this makes sense to me right and and that's another one of those things too is that it, I, I hope it's not in development for PS4 like I kind of that's what I'm really hoping is that they I hope that E3 goes well and I hope they announce maybe one or two more bigger hitters but I can tell you right now have you ever seen a commercial like too many times, and then you're just like, I hate this commercial. I hate this company. I'm sick of seeing it. It's repetitive. That's sure. that's Days Gone. I, at this point, I don't even know if I'm gonna get Days Gone on release because I'm so sick of it. I'm it, sure you're cool by the time that it comes out. But I hope so. I we'll mean, see. who knows? Game of Former, you know, may have Oktoberfest over there with Days Gone six hour <laughs> gameplay footage. Who knows? Um, but my whole thing is is that what people need to understand, and what I almost see as a failure to understand with some people. I'm not saying it all. And this is my personal opinion, is that any form of electronics, any form of a hobbyist, especially using technology, it's going to be expensive. And then you can't... Well, and the people who are willing are going to be the people who open the door for PS5 anyway, right? Exactly. But then the, the, the people who, like I said before, that I've seen so many complaints of this is too soon. 2018 or 2020 is too soon. It is not too soon. If you are still playing your PS4... Let's just say November November 2020 would be... Perfect. November 2020 is seven years. Seven years. Perfect cycle. And then, see, this is the thing, too, is that, like, I got a cell phone. You know how much this Google Pixel XL 2 costs? $1,000, because that's what you pay for yours, too. Yep. You know what? In like Probably about a year and a half, I'm going to get a new phone. This phone probably. did its job for $1,000 for the two years I, I agree. Had. I've already gotten my $1,000 worth out of my phone. Me, too. <laughs> the, the, the nine or... But we're speaking from a very different thing. We have a little bit more disposable well, income. Well, no, so it's, I mean, it's, it's not different. even that, though. It's, but, yeah, I'm with you. But we're also we're being the cutting edge of technology. We got this phone because we wanted... Thing. Yeah, the early adopters are going to be the early adopters. Let them early adopt. And then the people who are going to be uh, the patient gamers, as they call it, where they're going to wait until, you know, just now to start picking up games like The Order and such. Just because they wait, and they wait, and they wait for good deals. And that's understandable. That's actually very smart of a thing to do. Uh, and it works out really, really well. You hear of all the complaints. You hear of all the reviews. You hear of every technical bug. You hear everything. Uh, and then you wait for it to go on a deep sale, and then it's yours. And, you know, you're fine with that. But 
I would never tell a company to hold something back because I'm not done with its product. I think that's a very selfish maneuver. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a very mm. it's a very, it's very selfish, and this is all personal opinion. Like if you don't agree with me, fine. But if you are if you say that PS5 is too soon, I just spent this much money on a PS4 Pro. Well, I get it depends that. on your reasoning. Tra- too. Yeah, it, it, I get that. Because if your reasoning, on- you could still think. So, sorry to interrupt. No, but, you're fine. But like I could see. Still, it's just in your mind, like for completely different reasons, that you think that PS5 is just not coming yet and it's too early. Right. But your reason is not tied to the amount of money you've spent. Sure. Whatever. I get that, yeah. Because I do think that's a weird argument. It's like technology is technology. No one's forcing your hand to buy the PS5. Exactly. You bought the PS4 at your own pace, buy the PS5 at your own pace. And chances you know? are, just, if, you're, if you're complaining about like that, chances are this game's going to run 4K better, so you better have a 4K TV to play it on, and that's just as expensive as a PS5. And that's, yeah, because and as technology continues to go, you're doing more and more, right? Yeah. As just, just, with, with the next-gen consoles likely having 4K as a standard, yeah. you're going to you're gonna have way more drive to go to 4K as a TV, which is, you and know. And if there's some backwards compatibility thing, then the backlog excuse is just gone. Sure. Just because it all can carry over, potentially, which I hope, I hope that works. But, yeah, if you're still playing games and you're not ready for PS5, that's Perfectly fine, but don't wish the company not to release it because of that. Like that's that's your thing you're doing. You know, some people like us, we've played everything there is to play that's great and that we are playing it as it comes out and we are ready for something new when it does. I will embrace the PS five. I'll get one at launch as long as there's some dumb pre order stuff that goes on with it, which I hope doesn't happen. We'll see. I told you I'm still using my Sony rewards. I'm pulling my portents together to try and get it without any money. Well, that just would be buy it too. on there. Uh, but saw so there's one and thing we haven't talked about. Well, I was gonna say, and I'm the one that just got a PS4 Pro back in November. Sure. So I'm ready. Like I'll, I won't trade in the PS4 Pro unless there's no backwards compatibility. But we talked. We forgot about that good old uh, the. Oh, I didn't forget. Handheld. I just we were having a good conversation. I felt so. Uh, one of the things that we you know kind of tease in our opening is of course a potential potential new portable system from PlayStation. Now, I don't want to say that this is even anything like they're actually doing anything. I'm sure they're R&Ding constantly. Like we say, I'm sure they have ideas of what they could do if they needed to. I'm sure they have a working prototype. where we stand currently, this is just interesting. In a recent article, this is where Mr. John Kodira, PlayStation chief, who replaced Andrew House. Now, this is interesting because Andrew House stood on a very different ground, and I think that this switch in leadership may be some of what's doing this. I don't. I'm not gonna say scary. I think, I think it's full of potential. No, it's full of potential, but it's full of bad potential too. It's full of a lot of potential things that can go wrong. Sure, but John Codera or Codera uh, said in a recent interview uh, about portable gaming that he does believe that there is potentially a market for mobile gaming, or and and what he means is handheld gaming, which includes mobile in, in, in a lot of people's opinions. It's Excuse all me. together because it's in your hand. Right. You know, it's a phone. It goes is, is it a console? Is it a port? Is it a, it's mobile. Know, yeah, it's mobile. Time so, to go mobile. You know, what he says in sharp contrast to Andrew House is that... Liam gets me. When asked about it, he says not yet the right stage to discuss specific hardware plans. Now, I find that interesting because he's saying that and this is the following quote, just to get, put a little more context to it. Quote, in my opinion, rather than separating portable gaming from consoles, it's necessary to continue thinking of it, portable gaming, as one method to deliver more gaming experiences and exploring what our customers want from portable. End quote. So, and, he, and then he says, quote, we want to think about many options. So, what it sounds to me like is that Andrew House would constantly pull back and say, nah, and it's just, there's not a market. There's not a market. There's not a market. I think this is looking and going, there is a market. Of course there is. And it's but in is, a it, switch is, a thing. is it a market that we want to jump into? 
Of course it is. Do it now, right this time. I stand proprietary memory cards. For whatever whatever reasons support. they may have. Now here, one thing I will say: somebody's already cracked the the switch. Apparently. Oh no! Yeah, and, I, and, it's and still, people are still like it's online services suck. It's it's a rehash of a lot of old. Oh, games. I know, but it's, I, it's, it's still, still doing well. Well, but I, but I get why there's. I had that conversation with someone today. It, it's, that, a, it's a flaw in the CPU that could. That I don't think could be patched at this point. So like all the new switches have this C, this newer CPU that's fixed. From what I read, interesting. It's a tech problem and it, i think i do with the nvidia shield too because i think it's essentially the a newer version of that yeah the take a three yeah i think is what it is uh, uh but anyway so i thought that was interesting oh yeah but there's um, been modders on splatoon i never thought i'd say there'd be modders on a nintendo system but it actually kind of makes me happy it's just kind of weird okay well anyway with that being said i mean there's an obvious potential market there i love my switch whether or not you know it's, it's funny because someone the other day was how can sony play save playstation well uh, and that was what one of our mean, listeners. Save PlayStation. Well, you remember one of the listener questions, like, "What could they do to save the the, the Vita?" Sorry, oh, I, I didn't okay. finish my I was sentence. Like, what do you? <laughs> yeah, no. What could you do to save Vita? So many um, things, but two and big now, ones. But I've the thing is, out. the Vita has been the Vita sunsetted, right? Well, okay. I mean, it's gone. The Vita is, has say, ran its what, life. What two decisions can you make that are different in the life of a new handheld that would exactly. make it prosper? Exactly. Very different thing. Now, I do think that Sony. And, and plenty of people have said this in the industry. I do think Sony's ballsy enough to try it again, but do they? But the couple things you have to worry about, and someone else mentioned this in the Discord. But I mean, it's it's the most obvious thing that you got to think about. Sony have closed more studios in this last decade than ever before. Oh yeah, and that means they have I, that I'd say much. Last five years, they have that much less studios to work on games for a potential portable. What Nintendo has done it's has open. found a way to pull the two mostly together and have a unified development platform that is also All, that's a console even though I don't agree with the fact that it's a console but it's what they're well, using as their console yeah, and their handheld it's, it's so now handheld. they have this unified development platform well if Sony doesn't do something similar which I don't see them doing because you can't make something as powerful as PS4 with a with a in a handheld you just can't I mean you could technically the PS4 Not CPU is battery. a laptop CPU battery is everything that, that's true too you would you would have nothing but I mean, yeah, I'll say you because could. okay. Let's just say this: if you took the exact CPU out of the slim PlayStation, right? That's the least power drawing one they have on this fourteen, I think, or sixteen. Uh, you probably need eight thousand milliamps to operate for like. But three my hours. point being is, it pulls two hours. It pulls like ninety watts, seventy to ninety watts. All right, do you want the oh, switch? Yeah. The switch under load pulls like fourteen watts. I forgot about actual power. Or so like my point wattage. is, yeah. So when yeah. you're pulling that much, dude, you can't forgot even take. Thing. You can't even take the refined version. That's because the slim is way more power efficient than the original PlayStation was. It was uh, PS4. Or so my point being is that yeah you can do it right you can make a portable PlayStation Four but you it would basically essentially be the size of a laptop so why then not just have a laptop that starts to be the argument you're sources. getting rid of the point of having the handheld right. eventually it makes it harder to carry around which the so, switch already is yeah so when you're dealing with that even gaming laptops have very short battery lives you know and they're normally I'm, under, I'm not they're surprised normally all laptops I've ever had have short battery lives this thing included. So, but with that being said, I mean, like, obviously there's a potential, but what are they going to do? Because now when they don't have that, their studios are going to have to figure out, do you want to go towards the obviously already ironclad success that is PS4 and probably PS5, which will follow as a massive success? Or well, do you want to chance it and put your good studios onto the, the the handheld to make a great game for the handheld, but to potentially still not splash the market right? This is where I think that they could really, really win, is that not exactly with the games, but with the software compatibility. So imagine this. Everybody makes fun of the Switch for having the same game series rehashed. Or Nintendo, I mean. For having the same game series rehashed. And I get that. Um, but what the Switch is doing exceptionally well in this generation is having those exclusives while maintaining a, a great mm -hmm. series of indie games. Which could be said exactly the same for the Vita. 
Imagine if a new PlayStation game came out with a Last of Us game that involved somebody else, and I'm, this is just an example, and it was a first-party game that was great. We're just going to call it basically, yeah, but we're just going to say it's it. basically the golden abyss of Last of Us. So right. yeah, bam, and then, off, and, and, and a side developer makes one, it. Day one, and then it included games like Stardew Valley, Bloodstained, you know, all these other great indie titles, and then that was just a launch. Let's just say that one or two first-party games that were great, similar to the Vita, similar to the Switch. Oh, Vita actually had quite a few first-party games right. at once that were good. Um, Very good. And, then, and if they maintained that momentum, the same as Switch is doing, and then it had some kind of built-in compatibility, whether it is PlayStation 1, PSP, PS Vita game library, plus remote play with a new system. That there, with ample first-party support, I'm not going to say extreme, but you know enough to support it with good compatibility, a good backlog that you could do that has backwards compatibility in terms of digital games from older generations, and then a good indie machine. And I've said it before, is that one thing Nintendo does have the edge on right now is that all these indie developers like Chucklefish and um, who makes um, uh, Terraria... Um, Oh, uh, Lord. I can't believe I can't... Are you talking about the publisher? Starbound, well, Starbound, it's the same creator of Starbound... Uh, oh well, I mean, it sounds like Chucklefish are the people that handled Starbound and whatnot. But oh, is yeah, it? yeah, different, different, different teams, oh, different like people. But we have different publishers and stuff. So yeah, I'm with you though. Uh, but yeah, like I can't remember the publisher the, like, right now. Getting all these games and such would, I mean, would benefit it, but because the Switch has kind of taken that away in a way. Now here, but, I will say this though: the Vita did that. The Vita was a perfect indie machine oh, no, it with is. good first-party games, and it still didn't splash. But now, when you see the Switch do you come really out, pull that against everything that Sony did wrong, like the memory no, and no, the no, price? I'm just saying, no, well, well, I'm just curious because I mean, because, like the first two years of Vita exactly were exactly what you're talking about: great indie games, no, no, but here's really the, good support. The problem with it though is is that as a system, it would have been great if it had a couple better things, like the better memory cards, like the better support with consoles, and like the better backlogs that it eventually released. How long did it take in its life cycle to get the PS1 stuff? Like, a year? No, not that long. Okay, so... But it's still limited PS1 is the problem. It's limited PS1. But, like, here's the problem, though, is that due to to Sony's decisions on the memory cards and all that stuff, the lack of great, like, or I would say triple A first-party games... Um, because it had Uncharted, it had Gravity Rush. Here's where we differ, I think, on this. Because I'm with you, you're right, on the games it had. This is why I think the Switch is doing different, doing better in a different sense. Switch has sold people on the fact that it's it, you can play it either way, right? And you can dock it. Right. And that's their saving grace, is they can go, well, yeah, this game is big, well, no, but was, it's also meant to be a console game. But the thing about the Vita is that it was trying so hard to do exactly what Switch was doing, but only as a handheld, and trying to be like, we're going to be console-quality gaming. Well, no, And it's so hard to do that from a budget standpoint. I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about like what Sony did to make it fail. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like they t- take all the take all that away. It, the fact is that you still had a handheld. Let's see. Let's talk about the. I guess what I'm saying is let's talk about the similarities between the Switch and the Vita, right? Well, it's, it's more of company support than anything. Well, yeah, but I mean, and that's what. But, that's, and we're talking about Sony that, needs to take but, the blame. But very similar early on, and that's what I'm talking about just from a everything that's in, and you still may be going somewhere else, but I, I kind of want to get your mind in the same spot as mine, so I that. I, maybe it'll help me get in the mind of yours whenever you keep going. Um, the, the things that the Switch had in common with the Vita are pretty good, like, you know, really Relatively good. Relatively similar. Really good system sellers at launch, right? Right. And then Uncharted, Uncharted is a huge franchise for Sony, and it did really well on and Vita. So is, and Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Huge, did yeah. really well for the Switch, right? Right. And those they really banked on those. Vita actually had quite a few more 
big titles, I'm but sure, the, yeah. the banking Gravity titles. Rush is just another one to name. Yeah, and it was a little bit delayed. But my point being, right. it, they had no, they, they, they had other but. titles, but the banking titles were one and one. That's what right. they were selling the system. So far, on, I, right? I would say so far, even now, it's it's almost one and one on the first year. Yeah, and the first years it was like that, and even the second year because Vita's second year was still really good. Right, it tanked after that uh, in terms of first party support it, and good games. But so you saw great games, great support from Sony's first party, right? Right, good games. They, they really were. I mean, a lot no, of them no, reviewed know, well. Them. A lot of them reviewed well. They're good games, all right? Then you had great third-party support, right, with ports of games that already existed, like Persona 4, right. but also with some new elements, kind of like how Doom is going over and Skyrim. And you have, you have games that are coming over that existed on other consoles in a different form, but they're coming over to this handheld, and you had great indie support from right. day one. All right. All those three things are the exact same, yet the first two years of both systems have played out massively different. And do you, but do you know why? That's where I was going. And, and, and I, do, I do get the sum of that is, you know, the system itself from the, mem- the memory cards and whatnot like that. But I also think it's the, the nature of Nintendo's games and what they were doing in that, in that same nope. first-party perspective I don't, I don't to agree. the nature of what first-party Sony was doing on there. And I think that Nintendo's first-party games that are on Switch lend themselves better to the play on the go on the Switch than a lot of the first-party PlayStation games well, lended themselves I mean, on the go. when you think about it, Mario and, and like, say Mario and Gravity Rush, they're not exactly two different games. They're both 3D-ish platformers and, and, with, you know, the same almost style mechanics and such. Sure. And so, I have one more thing to add, but oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. The other thing is that one of the things is that the Vita felt more like you were making a sacrifice to play the games on there versus in terms of like the in quality things, right? Because now it's what what's the perception? In between the two, PlayStation makes cutting edge graphic games and cutting edge everything. Well, you're comparing now to then, though. Well, sure, but I'm saying that what Nintendo's known for is not cutting edge graphics and stuff. They're known for fun, right? All right, and they're not known for being really technologically, sa- you know, technologically advanced. They're right. going to look fine. They they're, run they're, well. They're typically right? gen behind. Yeah, yeah, but they they look fine and they run well. Right. All right. Uh, and Nintendo's able to do that on Switch so easily with the expectation going through. Where it's like, oh, this is just like if I was playing Wii U because Wii U just had fun games that didn't look spectacular, but they looked fun enough. And now I'm doing that with Switch. Whereas on the Go, you're making a lot. Uh, you you Oh, 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 oh okay. In, in handheld mode. Yeah. But like, you know, on, on, on the, the Vita, it's like, okay, well, I'm playing Uncharted on the Go, but I'm making... I'm making some sacrifices to play Uncharted on the go. It, it felt pretty full-fledged, but it wasn't quite there, right? Everything was always slightly off, and they didn't feel... It felt like you were... Ma- even though they felt really close to PS3 games, even Killzone, well, right? Killzone... Um, I would I would argue that in like... Mercenary, four, right? Four, in four years, though, you would say the same about the Switch. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about even day and day. So, like... Well, I never really thought that about the Vita. I thought the Vita was, like, essentially a portable PS3. Well, yeah, but even then, that's what I'm talking about. PS3 to what? PS3, what was releasing on PS3 in the same year that the PS3 came and that the Vita came out, right. versus what was releasing on the Vita in the same year. You had similar games, but they were making like they were conceding certain things to be able to get them well, to run. Yeah, that's, right, that's you're, you're understanding doing, in the handheld though. Well, that's, like, but, that's, that's what I'm saying. Whereas Nintendo's doing it, it's their games are just different. Their games well, fit the handheld mold. What I was well enough already, but go ahead. Sorry, that, I was, that, that's it's kind of a different point or a different like path of an argument or not even an argument but of a, of a point to make because what I was going to say was that the Vita launched and it sold quite a lot and then there was that weird lawsuit with the 3G and such 
and it had good games, especially JRPGs. Three G was a weird misstep. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> it should have been cool, and I will say, at the time, I thought it was cool until yeah. I started realizing that three G three G is just slow. Not, yeah, it's not the speed you need to play now, a game online. Let's just say that somehow magically, 4G, even though the war before DLTE, yeah, I would say that would be. I tried to uh, when I first got my very first apartment back like four years ago. I set up uh, a hotspot on my phone and tried to play Battlefield with it on my Xbox three hundred and sixty. Did not work, and I had four G at that time. Yeah, but four G LTE now a little different, faster. I think you I had that at that time. At what console? My three hundred and sixty. It was my three hundred and sixty, but I was using my now, LTE. Didn't really hit until around twenty. Well, don't forget 2013. That was a that was about the time. Don't because don't forget I had that. I didn't have a PS four until Bloodborne came out. Well, that was fifteen, yeah. but that was about a year after I lived at those apartments. Sure. Um, or actually, but regardless, I don't know. I've used mine a lot. I've used my hotspot here and there in the front, and I've been able to download quickly and and, and it's play about, pretty quickly. Okay, well, playing. See, that's that's something I did not have problem or, or did not have great with. But anyways, um, my thing is is that when companies make these certain decisions, especially hardware limitations uh, in terms of memory cards, uh, first party limitations or choices, I wouldn't say limitations, but choices. I think that what happened is that there was a lot of stuff that went wrong. And then there was that niche market for JRPGs and RPGs on a handheld that people love. Like me, I love handheld RPGs. Which is That's, why the console does well in Japan which is, still. It still does well in America to this day because of that, too. That's almost one of the reasons why it sells so well, I think. And I think that what happened, and I've said this before, Sony made a misstep in the Vita, and it's now come back way into the into the the present from the past to bite them because all these indie developers like Chucklefish, we saw Stardew Valley come to switch first. It was announced for the Vita first. We, and, and so, and then what, what else was there? There was something else that was announced at the same time and it still has not come out on Vita yet. Uh, oh man, I see memes over there. Uh, but anyways, I think that their, their, their misstep caused a lot of indie developers to now go to Nintendo instead of any potential handout they have. And Obviously, play, people like Chucklefish, uh, people like um, oh, who made uh, Devolver Digital. There's Devolver. I was gonna say who made uh, Guacamelee? Um, Juicebox or mm-hmm. hot, yeah, Juicebox, or Hotbox, Juicebox. Juicebox. Okay, Hotbox. I think that's a th- <laughs> that's a. Th- <laughs> Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, I think that that's the misstep they made. I think that now that these indie games are coming onto the switch and I hope it's not a hard problem. And this is something I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I hope it's not a hard problem for it to come back to, um, drink box, drink box. I hope it's not a hard problem for them to come back. I want them to come back. I want the next Sony handheld to be successful. I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less, but with this new change in leadership, I'm curious and I'm up. I'm cautious. Stop looking at RuneScape memes on the show. Shout out to my shirt <laughs> for those of you who can see it. I, I dead ass thought that was a Minecraft shirt. No, it's a Vita shirt. I mean, it's a RuneScape shirt. No, I really, th- I really was going to ask you why you were in a Minecraft shirt the other day, or when I walked in, I was like, why is he wearing a Minecraft shirt? Until you put that out now, I, I was assuming you're wearing a Minecraft shirt. Anyway, my point. I get your point, and I get my. I just, you know, Sony. There, there is potential there, but oh, are no. Sony are there Sony too scared is. to repeat the same mistakes? And that's or I'm... is it that the market 
works better in a handheld sense for Vita. I mean, for uh, for Nintendo than it ever will for well, Sony. Saying, Nintendo cra- always has. It's crazy because of how Nintendo doesn't listen to their com- their fans and their consumers. Neither does Sony, but Nintendo still pulls it off somehow. And then Sony pulls the plug on the first party support. Yeah. If Nintendo did that to the Switch in a year, I'll say imagine this. imagine the outburst. The online services of the Vita are still better than the online services of the Switch, which uh, is insanity. Because Nintendo's so far back, they're a, they're a generation back. That's why, I like, when I was laughing so hard when somebody was like, "I got hacked in Splatoon," I just laughed. I'm like, "What kind of sentence is that? What kind of sentence is that?" If I if I state that there is modders in Splatoon two, that is just the most absurd. That's why I said I laughed earlier. That's the most absurd sentence I think I've said in 2018. There are modders in Splatoon two. It's interesting. I'm just my thing is when. Because and and what would it look like? Alongside, would it have alo- would it have any form of a switch like compatibility nope. or like it? Remote or would play. it be or would it be dedicated handheld? Better remote so, play features. That's what I want. See, because we we talked about this plenty of times, right? But we've never talked about it with actually having Sony even loosely acknowledge that there is a at least a chance somehow some way that there may be something else that they try and do in a handheld market until now. So yeah. And I, 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 if you guys are curious, go back and watch what our Vita list at once is because it's it's still the same, you know. Yeah. Pretty much to yeah. be a PlayStation version of the Switch without the handheld thingy. I mean, without the docking thingy, and then have use micro SD cards. I better be able to go to San, like to Walmart and get a SanDisk micro SD card and pop that into whatever handheld you make. If I don't, I probably won't buy it. I don't care what you say, like. The crazy thing is that Sony's so scared of people hacking their systems, so they do these weird preventive measures to stop it. Look what just happened to Nintendo. I guarantee you they're still going to get very, very close well, to PS4 but total sales. But what's future. really interesting what? is that, and that's where I was going to go with it earlier, while Sony may have gone through very odd ways with the Vita to make sure that it didn't get hacked, because the thing is... It's still they, dead in the end, too. <laughs> it took them way longer. No, but it's still not hacked where you can get free games. It's well, still no, not that. No, yeah, but it's still it's still you can run emulation on it. And yeah, I think but that still, was one of their one oh, of their no, no, goals. But, to stop. Yeah, but the emulation wasn't a big deal to them. The problem with the with the PSP is that once it got hacked, people could dump the cartridges and yeah, give the games the, away. Uh, Pandora's battery. So my point being, that when people did that, uh, and they were able to, to take the contents of one of the UMDs and dump it onto a computer and make an ISO or a CSO out of it, right? And then you could just run it on a memory card, and it ran better because it was the memory and, speeds are better. That's not happening with the Switch, is it? Because it happened with the 3DS. See, the potential is very high. Well, see, and that's that's still one of the craziest things to me is that how how high how 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 many 3ds's Nintendo sold, and that they were hacked for half of the generation on, mm-hmm. and and I'm not talking about, and it's all different, but we're, well, I mean, it's about between the two companies, it's different. Uh, well, because it's still weird that they they fear so much of hacking, and then they use this weird proprietary thing almost as an excuse. But, but, but they've still not been hacked in that way, and it took years to even crack it. The, in the, but their system's dead. I know. <laughs> so that's what what saying, it's a double. It's a double-edged sword, it's right? A, no, it's not. It's, I think oh, no, it's double-edged a, sword. It's, but, it's a, but my point being is it, it, it was a catch-22. Oh, the, it was a big catch-22. Because the problem they had... Let's kill off our system because... The problem they had the with the PSP was... Publishers got really scared about putting their games on the PSP. Of course, yeah, because they wouldn't the games get, yeah, and that's it. and so what did Sony do? They go, oh man, we're going to make sure let's that not we invest make the in software engineers to make better firmware. Let's let's make our own. Well, no, that's cards. exactly what they did. It they, was more than that. The, the The system even passed memory cards. It's just hard to break. My point being, I guarantee every you, measure, get an SD card there be broken. Every measure. There's apparently a thing that you can do that puts an SD card into a. PS Vita memory card shape, but I don't know. What? Yeah, very odd. Like, you put it in there as an adapter. It's weird. I'm not going to get into that because it's a lot of encryption and stuff. But my point being, regardless of what Sony did, 
it's like, yes, it was eventually to their downside because the fact that they did the memory cards and the fact that they did all this and a lot of the things that they chose to do ended up being a, a big problem for them. The proprietary memory cards made them so expensive that people didn't want to buy them. But guess what? It did work, and it, it would have been that much worse if they put all this time and effort into trying to do this so that people couldn't hack their system it just for the system to still get hacked. Kill their console. And kill their console. If it would have been both, that would have been way worse. At I least still, Sony could sit back and go, well, at least our console didn't get hacked. I mean, it's... Our handheld, I, whatever. It's people are modding on the Nintendo Switch right now, and I still, and I said it earlier, I guarantee that things will sell upwards to PS4 numbers. Like, it's, it's just, that's how, I don't know what it is. It's just Nintendo's formula and the fact that they have already gotten a fix out for it. Yep. And like, and you know, if you have a company too, that also, uh, reinforces rules and, and disciplines the people who do ban, like if you're caught modding on a console, I will say a current console, go for it with the old ones. I, I, I am a fan of emulation when used properly. Emulation's not Different, modding well, in, in a well, lot of ways. Okay. It's, running, it's running unsigned software. It is. And, it's a gray area, though, when I say I have a modded Vita, because typically you're going to say emulation or something. Yeah. Or a modded Potentially, PSP. or just running homebrew or yeah, whatever. Which is yeah, which is unsigned software. Yeah. Um, but that's all gray area to me. I, don't, like, I think that there's right ways to do it and there's wrong ways to do it. But when you mod a console to exploit something to mess with other people is the thing that I draw the line very strictly at. And I think that if you are caught with that, like, honestly, don't just mod new consoles. Wait, like, five years, then buy one of them modded or something. I don't know. Just ban everybody who, who like, gets caught with these kind of mods. <laughs> All right. This is, like, an entirely different conversation now. It's this conversation's gone everywhere. I'm tired and I'm rambly. I want to go home and play Detroit. I'm hungry. So, yeah, let's I'm do it. I'm very hungry. All right. Well, guys, I hope that this has been a good episode. It's been a very interesting episode. I think I'm learning more about Saul's opinion on things, which is good. Because, look, not only do you learn our opinions, me and Saul learn more about each other. Tell your bad best friend. <laughs> jalapeno peppers and grape jelly are also really good too. I forgot about that. Jalapeno peppers and grape jelly. Yeah, like I accidentally had a, um, I, I forgot what it was. It was like a jam at Walmart, and I, like I grabbed it thinking it was, uh, um, oh, it was jelly? jalapeno jam. It was jalapeno jam. I got that, you. That, <laughs> All right, got jalapeno anyway. my, or this, my mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh! This has been Triangle Squared. We will see you for the next episode. Thank you very much. Thank you guys.